0: Welcome to Collab and Caffeine with your hosts Zach and Chase. Just a couple of TSA's trying to make a difference
1: on a global stage. Hey everybody, I'm Chase, and I'm Zach, and this is Collab and
0: Caffeine. Today we have a very special guest. Today, Chase, uh, our boss, our Commander in Chief, Corey Gray. Um, we uh, previously recorded this uh, a few a few weeks ago, I guess it was, and uh, we just wanted to let you guys know that this is a very interesting conversation we have with our boss and his journey on how he
1: got to where he is. Yep. I think everybody's going to find this interesting. Uh, hope you enjoy. And if the interview format isn't your thing, we got another special uh, segment that we're going to start leading into with the show afterwards. So hang through us, uh, with us in the podcast. Um, what we're gonna do hereafter is we're gonna go ahead and talk about all the new features and releases in each month's Room, Room OS release for our video devices. So historically, you know, a lot of this goes undocumented and we think that this would be a good format to be able to take a few moments and to talk about all those new imp- improvements.
0: Yeah, so hang tight. Uh, Again, if you don't want to listen through the interview, you can always skip through that and go right to our updates of the Room OS information. Um, But without further ado, here's our interview with Corey Gray. Hi, welcome to Collab and Caffeine. We have our special guest today, Chase, Corey Gray, our boss, our guy on the field who's keeping our back. Um, Chase, you got anything to say to Corey before we get rolling with the hot seat?
1: Yeah, man. Uh, No, it's good to have boss here uh, because essentially he's going to give the world a little bit on what we're doing, you know, and how it is to manage a highly effective team. And I guess, you know, we can uh, we can put him in the hot chair, I suppose, and see what he's got to say that uh, we go off script.
0: Yeah. Um, so I guess, uh, Corey, go ahead and say hello. You can go ahead and say hi, introduce yourself. Who are, <laughs> are you? Give him what do you do? Oh,
2: <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm here. I am actually here. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, glad to be here today to be the, uh, the first guest. I, I think the official yep. first guest here. So hopefully, uh, I don't bomb too bad and, uh, make other folks scared to come on after me.
1: Oh, <laughs> you're going to be good, man. It's going to be fine. So uh, tell us a little bit about your history here, too, first, when we get into it. I'm stealing. Zach looked like he was ready to pounce on you. But, uh, <sighs> you know, tell me how you got here. What was your journey like uh, to work for Cisco, I suppose?
2: Oh, man. So I've, I've told the story a million times, but it's actually been a while since I told it. So I'll try to land a plane quickly because my whole like life literally has been uh, centered around Cisco. Um, so it, mine goes back to, and I'm going to have to date myself, so apologies for giving my age here. So it goes back to, I guess, at that time I was uh, 16 years old. Yes, yeah, 16 years old, sophomore in high school. And uh, they came to our high school to present the uh, VoTech programs like they do in most high schools. Like, hey, you can be an uh, auto mechanic. You can do culinary. We have all these programs at the tech center for our rising junior and senior years. They said, hey, but this year we're starting a new program called the Cisco Networking Academy. Uh, So that way you can build networks for hospitals and you can make like $12 an hour. So I said, oh, man, that sounds like a great idea. I'm interested in kind of electronics. And at that point, you know, um, Not to tout myself, but I was a a very good student. So I had all my maths taken care of, all my foreign languages taken care of. So it was either leave school like half the day early and not have anything to do, take AP courses, which I wasn't interested in that. So I was like kind of starting to get bored. Like, what am I going to do junior and senior year? So I said, let's give the Cisco Academy a jump. So I go, I sign up for the Cisco Academy. And then I meet with my guidance counselor and I won't give names because this wasn't a great experience. I said, hey, I'm going to join the Cisco Academy my junior year. And at this time, keep in mind, like I said, I was a good student. I think at that point I had like a 3.8 GPA. So she didn't hear, she didn't know anything about Cisco, either did I. She just heard going to VoTech. And she says to me, she says, Corey, you're too smart to go to VoTech. I was like, whoa, that's kind of like not the encouraging thing to say to me, but that's what she said. But you know, it's Raised to be an independent thinker, and I thought it'd be a good idea for me, so I'd still win anyway. So uh, first day of school, my junior year, get into the, uh, into the Cisco Network Academy. And the first thing is we had some new computers we had to plug up so we can get started. And to this point, I never owned a computer, never logged into Windows. So I'm looking around at all these kids, and they're you know they're able to like log in and know what Windows is. And I'm just like, okay, I feel a little far behind uh, from the beginning, um, but my dad, being who he was, um, my dad raised me, and uh, we didn't have a lot of money. But anytime there it was sports or school, if I needed anything, the money was always there. So I said, "Hey, Dad, I you know need a computer if I'm going to be doing this Cisco networking stuff." So he bought me my first computer, and then uh, cable internet was coming around my neighborhood at the time. So he got on cable internet, and I had my first computer, so I was like, all right, I'm at Cisco Academy trying to learn CCNA routing and switching, but also I need to learn just how to just operate a machine. So if you've ever done a CCNA program, you know it doesn't take two years to get through a CCNA, but the way they break down the CCNA is it's a four semester curriculum. Usually at colleges, they do two semesters and one college semester, so it's like a year program, but in high school, it's junior, senior year, you know, four semesters. Um, so, I started learning the network and stuff. It fit who I was. It was just logical thinking, like you learn some few facts and then you apply it other places. Uh, so, I was getting pretty good at it. And then by the end of the year, I decided, well, this is what I want to do for my career. So, going into the summer, my instructor, he was great, John Nelson, uh, Virginia Beach Cisco Academy, he gave me access to semesters three and four. So over that summer between junior and senior year in high school, I just, you know, studied the Cisco Academy that summer. And we all know the summertime, you know, you're a kid, there's plenty to do, but there's also a lot of just downtime, not doing anything. So what I did is I studied over the summer and I took the CCNA exam my uh, first day of school, my uh, senior year. And uh, I didn't pass then. But I knew my career was going to go in a different direction because the reaction from my fellow students was, you must have no life because you studied over the summer. I was like, oh, that's how these young, immature kids are looking at it. I look at it as I'm getting a good start. Um, so I took the uh, exam again uh, in December right before Christmas break, and I passed. So I was the first CCNA out of the Virginia Beach uh, Cisco Academy. Uh, so really, it uh, coming after the break, it was like, I was done with the school for half the year. Like, you know, so I was like, okay, I've already graduated from the Cisco Academy and it's now January and uh, what do I do? So I just started, you know, playing more in a lab, just learning, you know, uh, RIP, EIGRP, IGRP, all the routing protocols. And then we had a skills competition in February that year. And you had to be in a top three in the classroom to go to the next regional level. And I placed fourth place in my class, and you're like, "Wow, you should have placed higher." But it's all because of cable making. I got first place in the uh, in the written test, second ca- uh, second place in a lab, but dead last in cable making. To this day, it still takes me, you know, forever hold up, to punch hold up, down. What
1: what's the color order? Can you do it? <laughs>
2: uh, let's see. Oh, wait, you failed already. <laughs> white, wait, white, orange, <laughs> orange, white, green, blue. White, blue, brown, light brown, or light brown and brown, something like that. But you had to make a straight through a crossover yeah. Do and you a want rollover. Crossover too, or no? Right? <laughs> uh, no, no, just just uh, straight up Ethernet. So yeah, I'm, I'm still bad. I don't think my my uh, I don't think I had the pins all the way and punched down. So I did so bad. You know, I didn't uh, I did I didn't make it to the next level, but. Uh, We had relationships with all the local businesses. And uh, the first one of the students there, he had already had a job of Cox Communications. So then the other three of us, you know, for the rest of the top four, uh, Cisco Silver Partner, Savant Limited was just like, hey, like I would like to uh, bring you all on as like paid interns. So the other students, uh, the other two that I went Uh, to Savant with, they had to still do the Cisco Academy, but me, it's March and I've already graduated. So after half a day of high school, I would just go to Savant and work for the rest of the day till 5 p.m. So um, I wasn't quite making the $12 an hour, but I was making $7.50 an hour at, you know, 17 years old, where the rest of my friends were making $5.15, you know, know, doing fast food. I'm making $7.50 an hour, like actually learning the business. Um, so that was really my start. I started at that Cisco partner there my senior year, and I stayed there for a, a couple years. Um, got my CCNP, and then I'm gonna have to date myself again. My true Cisco journey with Cisco employee uh, with Cisco started two years after I graduated when I got a job at Conquest Technologies. Conquest Technologies was different from uh, normal Cisco partners because our whole business was contracted to Cisco. So you would have your big uh, customers like, um, I guess I probably shouldn't say names on this podcast, yeah. but you would have big customers that say, hey, we want Cisco to like rebuild our data center. We want like rack and stack type of work. And at that time, I still don't know if we do this, but at the time Cisco wasn't doing that type of work. Like we'll configure the equipment for you, but we're not gonna you know, do all the power and, and, and literally screw everything in your data center. So they would say, hey, we're a big company. We don't want to contract out the partners. We want to hire Cisco, you know, one throat to choke mentality. So, <laughs> you know, Cisco would, you know, take the contract and, you know, completely sub the, the thing to, to our company. Um, so, you know, I would say, hey, um, even though I was 20 years old with, uh, with, with dreadlocks, I would say, hey, I'm Corey Gray from Cisco. I'm here to, like, redo your whole data center. And they'd look at me, and they're like, what this young kid is, you know, doing here, what's he going to do? So that was kind of my first foray into, you know, building trust quickly because it was like, you know, they would have pre-meetings with Cisco and my company, but most of them hadn't met or talked to me yet until I arrived on site. So I quickly had to establish that rapport, figure out what the problems were and uh, troubleshoot. So they would say, hey, we've already gone over a lot of this. So instead of saying, hey, no one read me in, I would just say, oh, I know, but I'm just here to confirm what was said before, right? So I had to learn <laughs> how, how to navigate those situations. But the great thing about being in that company was I had to travel to the uh, the globe, literally. So my job was 100% travel. If I was uh, working, then I was on the road. So internationally, I did uh, some work in Mexico, Italy, India, Singapore, and went to pretty much every state in the country just doing deployments. It went from data center refreshes, voice over IP install, Cisco Works. It was like everything. And at that time, again, me being a young kid, what Cisco Works, are are you going to do the the joke? Cisco Works, the oxymoron. Customers always used to say, Cisco Works, ha ha, that's funny, oxymoron. So. So, yeah, so that was great just being able to do all the different technologies Cisco had had to offer. By that time, even though I was still young, I got my CCMP certification. So that's what's helped me land a job at such a young age, you know, with the global travel thing. I just I just proved that, you know, I was ready for the next level. Um, so being young and being exposed to that, I also at that time thought, hey, I could be a jack of all trades, I could do security, I could do data center, I could do it all like no problem even though my old friends would say like you have to you know start specializing in something I just didn't think I, I had to. Um, going back a little bit in a story at uh, Savant um, when when they needed a uh, voice over IP person, this was the time of call commander 3 3.x days. Um, They were like, hey, just figure out, you know, here's some CDs, uh, pop some CDs in the (laughs) server, figure out, call manager, you're going to be our new voice over IP guy. So I had to learn all the voice over IP stuff, get all the uh, collab certifications at that time. They were just starting CCNA voice and, and, and things like that. And then also to be a partner and be able to do uh, messaging, you had to get a Microsoft certified systems engineering certification, which is like seven tests <laughs> in its own. So I had to take those seven tests. Then I had to get an MCSE in messaging to be able to do Cisco Unity. So I had to do all of that, you know, while I was there in that two years. So by the time I went to Conquest, even though I knew voice, I had to do everything so when it was time to uh, start looking for the next thing, I did the, the travel thing with Conquest for five years. So, you know, to, to keep up with the timeline, dating myself again. So I'm like 24, 25 years old. I'm like, hey, now it's time for me to do something different. I finally passed my CCIE routing and switching, which took me way too long. But again, I was just having fun on the road and I didn't really buckle down on my studying. So I finally buckled down on my study and I got my routing and switching CCIE. And I was like, well, you know, let's, you know, let's give Cisco a try. I was intimidated by Cisco because although I worked side by side with uh, Cisco engineers at Conquest, um, I was worried about coming to a big company, uh, being so young, being a CCIE, thinking everybody would think I should know everything. It was just kind of intimidating being the small fish in a big pond. So uh, I applied for a Cisco uh, position through my contacts working with Cisco And then I, you know, I got the job and everybody assumed because of my age that I came through one of the college graduate programs. And I was like, well, you know, I kind of haven't graduated college yet, (laughs) but, uh, you know, I had the technical abilities to do. And they said, hey, uh, Corey, we see all this voice in your background. We want you to be focused on voice. And I said, well, I kind of like to do everything. But uh, one of my mentors was like, "You, you you should really focus on voice. So why don't you just go get your CCIE? And I was like, yeah, that's harder said than done. So I worked, and then I ended up getting my CCIE invoice, voice, which later turned into collaboration. Uh, but I quickly learned at Cisco, it isn't about what you know, because there's always an expert everywhere to ask. It's like how you work with people to, to further, you know, the goal. So my superpower wasn't that I was the best engineer on a team it was like, if you said, hey, Corey, I need this done. I need you to reach out to this person and find out what's wrong. I could do that, and then reach out to the right people to uh to get this um to get to where we needed to as a business. So anyway, that was I guess 13, 14 years ago when I came on Cisco as a blue bed. So uh, I'll stop there. I know that's a long winded way, but yeah, I've literally do you, been do you, doing uh, Cisco. Do you have
0: forever. any uh, recommendations for like programs? Sort of what you went into to get to where you are today. Is there anything like that still available for the the younger folks trying to get into? <laughs> Cisco? Yeah,
2: yeah. I think Cisco just celebrated uh twenty five years of the Cisco Academy, so the Cisco okay. Academy is still going strong. If you go to the Cisco Netacad website, there's all these stats on how many students we've impacted global. I'm still an ambassador for the uh, Cisco Networking Academy. Anytime anyone asks me to talk about the academy, its benefits, um, I, uh, I'm I'm always there to help. Uh, When you say something for the young folks, I mean, the CCNA Academy operates at the high school level and college and um, all other places also do it on the side. Um, I think the thing about the Cisco Academy is going back to those immature students that told me I was too, uh, I was too, uh, um, I was stupid to study over the summer. Those same students later on, they were paying money to those per, for for those uh, per uh, for-profit colleges uh, those technical schools to get the CCNA. All they had to do was pay attention for free through the public uh, high school system, and they would have had a CCNA and their foot in the door like I did, but instead they you know goofed off their whole you know junior to party. and senior year and went life. at a party. Yeah. Not, Sometimes you and, just pay attention. And then now you're paying, yeah, and then now you're spending tens of thousands of dollars to get a, a, a paid-for education from most of those uh, for-profit technical schools, are now like done now, you know, and I know the, the government got in and said you, you weren't offering, you remember the commercials where it's like, hey, you yeah. come here and then we'll guarantee you a $75,000 job upon graduation, all those lies and stuff. Those those are the schools they ended up going to because they squandered that opportunity.
0: So during your course over the Cisco expansion of your 13 years or plus, however, however long you've actually been with Cisco, 13, right? A little over 13?
2: Yeah, I th- yeah, I believe it's thirteen, and it's been so long. I have to look at work day, but I think it's uh, I think it's fourteen <laughs> years. This coming August.
0: Oh, oh wow! wow. Um, so, when you land on this team, were you intimidated at all coming to work with guys like Chase or Mark or myself? Man, come on! You in? say it
1: like that. Yeah. I'm an intimidating no, fellow. I, I mean, just, come I'm on. Just, no, we're a bunch of knuckleheads, not, man.
0: I'm saying it because because he, he where you came from the devices world was a little new to you, correct?
2: Yeah, yeah. So all the all this stuff I did with Collab, it would be, hey, we have these uh, couple voice endpoints. We need them registered. But no one was talking to me about features and how to apply it. It was just like, you know, it was just, you know, some devices that needed to be registered to call manager.
1: Yeah, when we talk so, about so, registration back then, man. Things are totally different compared to now yeah, you the had, world of cloud you had
2: gatekeepers this was like around the time we acquired tanberg so then you had the, the vcs uh, expressway in control and yeah and tms and yeah all of that stuff was was new to me
1: but
0: but coming by coming in to this team specifically did you did, was there a learning curve that you had to go through to kind of speak the language or did you kind of did you pick it up quick and go
2: Uh, I mean, well, you all can tell, uh, say this better than me, because what I think may be irrelevant. So I thought I picked it up very fast. When you asked the question about being intimidated about the team, I was less intimidated about the team than... Uh, You know, going back, we we talked about, hey, 13 years at Cisco, it was literally all in one organization was Public Sector Advanced Services, which is now Public Sector CX. So I had never even been on the sales side before, but I was able to land a job by talking about kind of my experience with sales as an engineer, even though I'm post sales, you're still sales, like you're representing Cisco to get that confidence for customers to buy. So, but actually being goal driven, actually being on the sales team, let alone a global global sales team, it was just new. It's like, yeah. I always tell people the great thing about working at Cisco is like, you can go to a different organization and it is like getting a new job. Yeah. So even though I'd been at Cisco for 13 years, coming over here was like getting a brand new job. I didn't know anybody. I didn't know the people. I didn't like, I knew the sales processes, but didn't, I wasn't embedded in the sales processes. And then um, with the team and the technology, yeah, it was like okay, I've got to learn learn the language and, and really figure out the the, the details of the devices. But I I knew based on my background, I I would get it. And,
0: so and when you when you applied for the job, were you did you know that ACE came with it?
1: What's ACE?
2: I did I did I I found that out and let's, and let's uh, go that, yeah, a Cisco experience. Yeah. So yeah yeah. Go ahead, Chase.
1: So, talk to us about that. I mean, like, you know, I, I, I had some folks give me some feedback on our first go. You know, that we use too many acronyms. So let's get away from that and let's just lay it out there. You know, let's let's start basic. <laughs> you know, let's talk. Yeah, you know, like I gotta
2: say so. So, yeah, so I had experience with ACE and my I, my prior role, would surprise some folks. So when I was on the uh, on the on the uh, federal team. Uh, when i started working on the, uh, the dod team at that time uh, cisco webex didn't exist without you being a without you installing the uh, the application so in a dod environment or in, in a lot of government environments where you can not install any applications on a website ace uh, or, or cisco came out with the webex uh, version where you could just join a meeting through a browser so in order for us to use webex with our dod uh, customers uh, we had to uh, use that version of Webex and that version of Webex was only available at the time through ACE because part of what you're saying, Chase, about the thing about ACE is you get access to software versions early and you're able to test the later stuff before it goes into general availability. So most of my organization signed up for ACE just so we can have access to that uh, beta version of Webex and be able to collaborate with our customers uh, via Webex calls. So when I knew uh, this role, you know, included Ace, I was excited about that because I, I knew I was a member of Ace, but I didn't have any of the cool toys. I was just using Ace for that one piece. But I knew it was a uh, it was it was something I wanted to be involved in.
1: You and I's careers, I, I even just talking through here, man, you've been my manager for over a year now, is it? God, time's flying. Um And essentially, I didn't realize our career arcs had very similar trajectories uh, in how they started. You know, whenever I first started, I had a mentor that took me under his wing as well. He's very much so influential in my decisions to make the path to become a Cisco guy. And some of the bits that were taught to me early in my career, very similar. You know, um, look at the CCNA, learn how to make a cable. And his joke was be at the time, you know, this was at the boom, you know, and it was like, oh, well, with that in mind, you could probably go make 100 grand uh, just playing around <laughs> doing this back in the day. Probably so, you know, things are a whole lot different now in the market. But, you know, if you were talking to some young fellows and some young gals here, you know, what would you tell them is good things to do? Like, you know, young high schooler wants to make the jump into tech right now. Where would you say, like, hey, you know, young person, what would be a good thing that you would do? Um, how would you basically have that same conversation that your uh, that led you to this? You know, maybe not even Cisco, but you know, broad. Yeah,
2: yeah. No, I I I like that you uh, brought that up because um, it, this is going to sound old oh, man get up get off my lawn type of stuff. But yeah, when I was coming up, uh, certifications were a differentiator. I mean, they still are. But that's what I would tell young folks in general is look at a way to differentiate yourself, because today um, uh, or when I I was telling you when I was coming up and I was at Savant, um, there was one uh, CCIE at the company. Well, there was two, the owner and then uh, one of the employees. And his name was Kim Rains. And the one thing was not only was a CCIE, but he was also a black man. So that was a big thing for me to see someone rise to that level. And after I got my CCNP and route switching, at that time, there was just a CCNP. They didn't have uh, voice security and all that stuff. So after I got my CCNP, which was only routing and switching, they came out with the CCVP, which was Cisco Certified Voice Professional and then security for and all these professional level certifications. So I went to him and said, hey, Kim, I'm gonna go get my CCVP, my CCSP, because remember, I'm jack of all trades. Guys. I'm gonna get all these certifications. And he looked at me. And uh, for all those, this is an audio medium, but he like put his hand up in front of his eyes, said, Corey, why would you stay here when you can go up there? And he raised his hand out and said, Corey, you need to stop messing around with the professional certifications. And if you want to show yourself as separate, you need to get going on the CCIE stuff. So I literally looked at him and said, you're right. And then, uh, yeah, I didn't pursue any more professional certifications at that point. I was just like all CCIE. So that's what I would tell young folks, because as a manager coming up at Cisco, all the conversations with my younger engineers uh, always centered around, how can I get promoted without getting my CCIE? How can I get promoted without doing this, without doing that? And I would tell them, yeah, you can, you know, you do the right work and you do the right things you can. But, you know, honestly, if you want to do it quicker and you're looking at two people that have done similar things, and one's, uh, you know, one has their certifications, one doesn't. Then the conversation shifts from why should I promote this person or why I shouldn't promote this person. So I would tell all of the of the young people find what's going to make you different. You know, a uh, you know a high you know a high GPA and um, and being able to talk a good game, have a good presentation. That's all great, but when you can put tangible stuff. On the, on the paper, whether it's special projects that you've done or certifications, anything you can do, uh, because you have to get experience to get jobs, but at a certain point, you're applying for a job where you don't yet have the experience, so you have to convince people that you're worth taking a shot, and again, how I got this position, it was like I hadn't been in sales before, but I could talk about all the things I've done And sales enablement, which we'll get to, I'm sure, what our primary job is, is is more sales enablement, managing engineers, I could talk to those other things. So doing things that can separate yourself from from other candidates is what I would tell other folks.
0: And now you're a double CCIE and you Mm -hmm. have a master's degree. Is that correct?
2: That is correct. I, I I didn't even think about that. I skipped over all of that. I, I mentioned yeah. that. Yeah, when I came to Cisco, I didn't have a uh, college degree. But again, just being the person that likes looking forward, at that time I was uh, Mr. Anti-Management. I was like, I'll never be a, a, a manager, engineer until I die. But just in case I want to be a manager <laughs> again, this is how I tell folks: get ready. Uh, and differentiate yourself, I was like, I don't want them to look at myself as a double CCIE without a college degree and say, hey, you might be good for the job, but you don't have that degree. So I said, OK, well, let me go down the, the college path. And the only reason why I hadn't completed college was because going to Chase's point again, they were I was told that if you get your CCIE, you're guaranteed one hundred thousand dollars a year. So I was like, "That's what I want. I want to get hundred thousand dollars a year." I focus on that. There's a leprechaun at the end so of
1: the, a rainbow that wants a conversation. Yeah, exactly.
2: With you. <laughs> so, hey, and, and, and it was true at that time, and it's still true today. You know, yeah. it's one of those certifications that that guarantee that. So, um, and so I would. So that's the only reason why I didn't finish school is because I was traveling the world, and then came to work for Cisco. But I said, "Hey, there, I might need it in the future." In Cisco, with our great tuition reimbursement programs, I was able to finish college without uh, any, uh, debt. And then again, you know, being, you know, school just comes natural and easy to me after I finished my bachelor's, I immediately rolled into an MBA program. And while I was in the MBA program was when I got my first manager job and I was able to say, Hey, I do have my degree and I'm working on my MBA. And then, um, this is going to sound like a little bit of a, uh, butt kissing a little bit, but Brad Bonin, when I had a conversation with him, my first conversation with him and I told him about myself and I was able to say I'm an MBA, he's literally the first person that was like, wow, that's something I value. So literally that was like important <laughs> to me because I was like, man, I started to, for a while to think, man, I'm surrounded by all these folks that have, you know, made it so far and they, you know, they don't have these things and I have it. And I was starting to wonder, you know, if it would ever help me. But just that one person saying, I value that uh just uh meant a lot for me and it made it you know worth worth my time
0: and how long did you have to lock yourself in a closet to achieve double ccie and a masters degree cuz that that is that in itself is quite a, an accomplishment what's the next accomplishment for Corey gray are you are, uh, is there any more education he's go that for you can a triple a, a or,
1: doctorate yeah
2: <laughs> well all right well i guess i might uh, i've been thinking about this a little bit so first the CCIE was by far the hardest thing because it required the most hours of time studying stuff you don't know 100% sure it's gonna pay off. So I was lucky enough to be able to, this is part of me getting started so young. By the time when I did both of my CCIEs, first time I was still living at home with my dad and I was traveling the road for conquest. And so when I was off the road, I could just sit in my little room and, and lab all day. And then my second CCIE, I was married to my wife. We hadn't had any children yet. And she was doing OBGYN residency. So she was doing 24 hour shifts and then they instituted the 80 hour work week limit for them. So you can imagine how much she was going at the hospital delivering babies. So I'm sitting at home, you know, in the spare bedroom, able to lap stuff up. So I don't know how you do a CCIE with, with actual kids and actual responsibilities. So right? I, you were totting around yeah, the heater I was in the room to do two, both.
1: Five routers, four switches, like the old uh, days. Yeah,
2: yeah. I, I I did a custom lab to, to in my in my uh, in in the room to be able to simulate like all the sites with the servers <laughs> and the in the gateway. So um, I made that work. But as far as college goes, I mean that for me, that's because you're structured. You're taking two or three classes at a time. It's like okay, this evening I have this homework, and it's just like an hour or two a night. So for me, college was way easier time wise than than a CCIE because you know you're you were you you were on a on a on a legit schedule. As far as what is next, I've really been thinking about that. So I'm still two ish years out from having to recertify my CCIE. So normally I would just go take a written test to recertify or do continuing education on something I wasn't interested in to get the points. But I was thinking as, you know, kind of where Cisco was going, where my career is going. I was thinking I could use the opportunity to uh, start studying like cybersecurity. Right. That's yeah. like in vogue. I don't like really chasing trends, you know, and, and doing kind of what style like, like trying to figure out what's the next thing. But um i can recertify by taking uh you know uh, a professional level certification even though i swore to kim i wouldn't do that but now it's different right so i can uh, recertify CCI by doing a professional level certification. So I'm thinking like, I might just use that as a, as a way to kind of, you know, get just get more cognizant of security. I mean, even in our video devices world, it's all about cybersecurity still. They're asking us questions about retention in the cloud, how our devices are connected, what data centers they go through. So really being able to understand that that world and uh, like Chase says, you start getting into those acronym soups in the security language. Like I want to be able to say A B C D X Y Z right in one sentence without using real words and know what I'm talking about. So I'm thinking about maybe studying that, but I haven't. Uh, I haven't fully decided yet.
0: It's becoming a a necessary evil in our in our careers right now, where security is being brought up more and more and more in each co- in each customer conversation. Um, I I too have thought about getting all a whole slew of different kinds of security certifications and different things. Kind of, kind of put that. It's still there. I still have all the study material right here, but I'm just kind of (laughs) like, I was kind of waiting, you know, for that right opportunity for me to just go, okay, I'm going to take this just to kind of make myself more aware of what's going on around me and the direction of Cisco.
1: You're both talking about something that's that's interesting. Like it's like life career crossroads is kind of essentially what you're both describing. Mm -hmm. And it's, how do you know yourself enough? And how do you commit to something new after you've been doing something? And Zach hit me with something the other day says, you know, when you get complacent, you, you're doing the wrong thing. Basically is what he's telling me. Uh, What was it you said, Zach? I said, when you get content, you stop growing. That's what it is. So yeah, it's kind of hard, you know, and I think we all we're kind of similar, you know, we all have, we're all, somewhat at that precipice of having to make a decision at times it feels like and you never really know what's the right thing to do in life and I guess everybody's a little bit different.
2: Yeah, so I I was just thinking about that while you were saying that I was like I actually wish I had the answer to that, right? Because when I, did, when I did CCIE route switch there was a goal to be an expert route switch. When I did collab I was a collab engineer so it was a natural progression. When I did school there was a reason to do that for the career. Now it's like I don't, the reason why I haven't chosen uh, to do uh, security certification or anything is because if, if I'm going to, I'm a realist in myself to know, like, I need a driver behind it. You're doing it I for know you, if I just decide. I that's the difference. Yeah, Th- yeah. There's
1: no outward pressure. You're, you've made it, you know, and it, that's the hard part. It's like setting everything else aside, you know, and, and doing it for yourself is a strange feeling.
2: Yeah. And I have to make that decision on like, what's. What's going to be worth my time? Because again, now that you know my boys now are, are, are nine and six, and you know we have a lot of things going on. I know uh, due to what we're trying to do here and, and work for me to then carve out you know additional time because right now you know we're we're so busy. You know I'm doing uh, things just for the day job for nights and weekends already. So I was like, hey, if I want to do something different then it's gonna require some type of dedication. And if I'm just doing it on a whim, I know myself and that's part of, uh, from my background, I know what's like gonna sustain. So I'm not gonna just crack open a book one day and just read one chapter and never pick it up again. Yeah. So once I make that decision, I have to, I have to create the environment around myself and, and give myself that space. So it's like, What's going to be worth it is it is it better for me just to take a written test and recertify, or is that could I use that as this opportunity to to grow
0: or do you, um, have, so, do yeah. you have that do you have that mentality to go ahead and invest but what what are you sacrificing when you do that investment yeah that's yeah, and that's what, the that's
2: thing the point I, yeah, 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 me too yeah, so I was like yeah i i i know I know what it takes, and it's just like you just don't you don't want your time to be wasted right uh there's all these things about. Hey, the most precious resource is your time. So, uh, so you want to make sure you're doing a thing that's worthwhile. But sometimes you gotta take a. I mean, you have to take a risk. Yeah. I literally took a risk. Speaking of risk taken, I took a risk taking this, uh, taking this a uh, personal, in my eyes, a personal risk, looking for this opportunity. Yeah. Part of the reason why I stayed where I, I stayed so long was because I knew the business was so stable that I knew as long as I kept being me. That I I would never have to worry about uh, workforce reductions and things like that, right? So it was like, hey, I'm in this safe place. I'm still able to grow, and I was still growing. Um, but then it came time that we're like, I, I I think I want to grow faster, right? I want to go further and faster. So for me to do that, I have to take a risk coming to a business where people don't know me and a place that maybe I could be impacted, you know, possibly one day, uh, by by a workforce reduction. So it's like you know, taking a risk and, and it paid off. This is uh uh again not kissing up, but this is the most uh this is the best job I've ever had, just um real quick, just on a tangent. The reason why I love this job more than any others is because when we talk about time and time being precious, my time is never wasted. So there's nothing that I'm working on that doesn't have uh impact for someone for our Salesforce in the globe. And also uh, I didn't think I was this guy because I'm a long-term thinking, but I also like the immediate impact. It's like I do uh, an initiative or a program and then the next week it gets implemented and there's actually positive results. So it's not like, hey, I'm taking a risk with my time. Hopefully it pays off. It's just like someone comes to me, someone in leadership, someone outside of my leadership train comes to me and says, Corey, I need you to do this. They're asking me because they actually need it done. They're not asking me just to give me something to do. So I think- that's the most rewarding thing about this job now.
1: Yeah. Th-
0: this, this job definitely has a lot of that, that perks, you know, like you can actually see what you're doing, having that impact. And I re- that's one of the very best things about this, this job currently is I can see the impact that I'm having. And, and not every job gives you a lot, of, a lot of the jobs that you have, you see it. Oh, I'm doing this again, but I don't see the impact. Like I, when I was an engineer on Ace. I knew that I was doing a lot of changes on a lot of different things, but I never actually had <laughs> to see the impact I was doing for sales. On this side of it, I can actually see the changes that Ace makes, and I see that impact that you make. So it gives you different perspectives when you move around. I totally get that.
1: Cool. Yeah. Corey, speaking of impact, you know, um, I got my next question for you that I think, uh, I think you got something special to offer here. So um, my next question for you would be, you know, in your in your stead here at Cisco, you know, what's the thing that you're the most proud of that you've had a chance to work through? You know, uh, I know you're involved in a lot, so you know, give me something that you've that you've enjoyed contributing to, you know, no matter what it may be here at Cisco, but you know, I'm gonna leave it open to your interpretation.
2: Yeah, uh, that's I, I would say this may sound like a weird answer, but I would say. Um, I talked about the experience of uh, kind of the impact uh, Kim Raines had on me, uh, you know, the black CCIE that told me kind of, hey, why why shoot for here when you can shoot higher? Um, so I've taken that and I brought it to Cisco and I used to always uh, work with our, our ERO group at the time was uh, called um, uh, Connected Black uh, um, Cisco Black Professionals instead of uh, Connected Black Professionals. I'm sorry. No, it was Cisco Black Employee Network, CBIN, What was the name of the ERO. And then at that time, all of the EROs um, at, at Cisco or a few years later, we all had to change our name to remove Cisco from the title. So then we became connected black professionals. So I would always be involved in those organizations. Anytime someone said, hey, we're doing this thing, can can you help out? I would always help out. But I used to not talk about it, mm-hmm. right? And the reason why I didn't talk about it was because, you know, being a, uh, a minority organization, you kind of want to fit in and you don't want to rock the boat and you want to be uh, seen as some type of uh, uh, some type of, uh uh, like drawing the line between you extre- and them, extremist, <laughs> or yeah, yeah, extreme, yeah, yeah. You're just worried about how you would be perceived, right? And then um, I think what I'm most proud of is, is transitioning that and working for a company that had taken that and and shown me that hey, it's it's okay to. Uh, to show that side of you at Cisco, it's okay to talk about it. So, you know, I always tell people I am the co-lead for uh, Connected Black Professionals in the RTP chapter. So I think what I'm most proud of is being able to have an impact on other people that look like me right obviously i have an impact on on everybody at cisco but the thing that's most proud is that uh i can be the kim reigns for for somebody else right where they can look at me and say like hey that's that's someone that that looks like me and they've accomplished a lot and i could accomplish that too so i would say that's really what i'm most proud of is just kind of furthering the, the black experience at cisco
0: cory when you put your when you sit here and listen to you talk and you write down everything that you're involved with, your resume is just extending, (laughs) extending, extending. There's a lot to
1: differentiate you, just like you said, from everybody else, you know.
0: Um, So for this specific team in the devices in the collab side of of the house, the direction that you would like to like to see us go not where we're going, like, like the us towards. Do you have anything like that in mind? Or are you just kind of, at the moment, are you just kind of seeing where everything's landing? Or do you have, like, in your head a vision for this team?
1: Now, Zach, you manipulate in the okay. podcast to figure out uh, some no, intel no, from no, the no, boss no, I just, uh, No, I
0: just kind of, I want to get his take of how he sees the team. I know how other people see the team going. Nobody really asked Corey how he wants the team to go. Yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, so um, so I, I spent a lot of time uh, thinking about this with, with all the changes in the organization and kind of where I would like to see us go and then trying to put it succinct the words. Right. That's the thing is right. leadership. You don't tell people what you want to do in as few words as possible. And then I remember having a conversation with you, Zach. Yeah. I, I don't remember what question you asked me. And I literally said to you, we help people. <laughs> right. So that's kind of like when we talk about how my resume has grown, how I've been here. I that's because and how I differentiate myself as Cisco is like, when you come to Corey, you know, he's going to help you. Even if I can't help you personally, I'm not going to say, hey, just go reach out to Chase or Zach. They might be able to help you. I'm going to reach out to Chase or Zach, confirm they can really help you with what you're asking for before I send them your way. Right. So I always like being my personal brand. Of, hey, when you come to Corey, like even if he doesn't have the answer, he can help you. So that's kind of like what I look for our team to be like as, as we change, as we morph, as we keep up with the times at the end of the day, if you come to us for some help, we are going to help you. And like I said, yeah, it may not be, it may not be us personally, you know, jumping on the keyboard and doing that help, but it's like, hey, I need help with, uh, you know, this video device, the light doesn't come on. It's like, well, I mean, it's a bit, it's. It's a mechanical issue that may just happen to be on a video device, but at least I'm gonna, you know, make sure you you know how to open a case with the proper support people. I'm not just gonna say, you know, hey, that's 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 not our issue. It's like, all right, well, let me at least you know make sure you're helpful. So when it comes to video devices, if we uh, we're a global enablement team, and we only and and when there's five engineers on this team, and then there's six person being me. You know, how do you make a global impact? It's like, hey, when people know they come to us for device support, you know, obviously we can't help every single issue personally, but they know if they come to us, we can uh, we can help them get, you know, to the place they need to be. We have, uh, we have teams, we have access to the BU, we have all these access points and all these people and all these relationships that, hey, if you come to us with your video device, you know, with your video device questions, uh, we can help you, and then also proactively, You know, we're, uh, you know, we're helping educate the field so they don't need to come to us. But at the same time, they know us from that, those things, and they know they can come to us.
0: So uh, the latter half of Collab is caffeine. Chase and I usually uh, end our shows with talking about our favorite coffee drinks. But I know you don't drink coffee, but you do enjoy some caffeine. So we let
1: him on the show without drinking coffee. Yeah, did this happen? I know. So yeah. so
0: the caffeine of your choice is is what, Corey? What, do you, what What kind of caffeine
1: gets you going? We already know, but we're, we we're know but we,
2: oh, this it. is this is ter- this is terrible. I mean, this is I mean, this is Uh, you know, this is all for attention. So I'm, I'm into uh, exercising and trying to eat right. So part of that is when you're trying to eat, right, you shouldn't drink or eat crap, right? But they have, um, you know, the, the the invoke thing. You go in your grocery store now, there's a whole section in the uh, beverages aisle that's dedicated to uh, energy yeah. drinks, right? And, um, you know, trying to do uh, low sugar, but, you know, have a, have a nice pop. I've been getting on uh, these different energy <laughs> drinks and I've been trying them. And uh, the latest one that I've been drinking are the uh, the, the, the Mountain Dew energy okay. drinks. They have uh, zero sugar, but they don't have the aftertaste of the other zero sugar drinks. It's like a good tasting drink. Um, but then if you're talking about health, even though there's zero sugar in it, you know, they have sugar substitutes in it. Um, so, I'll, you know, my wife being I'm a doctor, physician, yeah. she was like, hey, did you see that? Yeah. Did you see that story the other day about this sugar substitute, uh, you know, increases the risk of this? And I said, "Duh!" And she said, "What do you mean, duh? It's a, it's a, uh, you know, it's a new study." I was just like, "Hey, you know, all this, all this stuff we're drinking is poison, right? It's just like you just gotta, gotta choose. Like, I know what I'm doing. I know drinking these energy drinks isn't." good for me you know when you're you it looks like when new every that, day there's <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> yeah, yeah yeah that is not that so yeah that's how i get my caffeine these days and, and i'm not like a wake up in the morning needing caffeine right. to uh to get going through the day like i said I, I just you know drink the drink because uh they actually taste good and and again they don't you know they don't you know I don't process it, you know, bad and gain a bunch of weight from drinking. I happen, so, I, I happen yeah, I to like know that
0: you there. you actually enjoy the five hour energy drinks as well. Sometimes, right? You like to have a little little shot in the middle of a, of a seminar. So <laughs>
1: everybody can't so, see us so making the little shot for, face here, you know? <laughs> yeah,
0: no.
2: So uh, that's uh, my little uh, driving <laughs> hack is where, like, because we talk about things that don't taste good. So it we're doing a road trip. We're doing this. Yeah, yeah, we're doing a six hour. Uh, a uh, road trip over spring breaks, so which isn't a lot, right? It's it's easy to do. You wake up, you drive six hours. But me, uh, what I'd like to do with like a five hour energy is like, hey, if I'm making a this six hour road trip, I'll have one uh, in the cup holder. And the second I yawn, right? It's not like, hey, I'm tired to go fall asleep. But the second I yawn, you know, you pop one of those, and then you never yawn for the rest of the trip. And <laughs> yeah, you don't so sleep. I only use those. As kind of, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I kind of use those as like a uh, as a driving hack, but. Yeah, I'm not the type of person uh, that would just like have one, you know, just just to have one throughout the day to keep going. It's like just just for that.
0: We're going to we're going to go ahead and close this out. Um, any closing remarks for you, Corey? Do you have anything to say or you just want to call it a day?
2: Uh, no, I definitely uh, obviously like to uh, uh, thank you all for yeah, for having absolutely. me. Uh, I know it's a little long winded, no, especially with the, how I got here in the career. Uh, but, you know, just want to provide that insight. And uh, you know, I'm just proud to to be here, proud to be working for Cisco for these uh, fourteen years, and then that was five years as a Red Best contract. So I guess I'm coming up on on almost twenty years total in, in, in the system. Uh, so yeah, I just I just like being able to do different things and affect change and and places I can, and just like working with different individuals and different teams. So um you know i hope folks hear this and they they reach out to this team and yeah. say oh yeah their video devices team let's reach out they they say they want to help yeah. and they they call my bluff but don't uh don't overload the uh the, the, the queue but definitely uh reach well, we out, we so.
0: hope people listen to this to hear this <laughs> yes <laughs> that's definitely. where we're at we're definitely at that um so all right on that said we're going to go ahead and close it out um i'm zach i'm chase and this is Corey Gray with our first time interview on the collab and caffeine. Thank you very much for listening. All right. Thank you. Guys. All right. See ya. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed our little uh, conversation with our boss, Corey Gray. And now without further ado, we're going to dive a little bit into what's new for Room OS. Chase, you got any yep. updates for us?
1: All right, gang, so essentially uh, this is the new bit that we're gonna do each month. Um, we're gonna tell you all what's new in Room OS. Um, since we're just getting started, we're gonna backpedal all the way to the beginning of 23 here so that we actually catch you up to reality here. So the first thing that we've got, you know, when we hit the page here and we're looking it over is support for the RoomKit EQ. Last time, you know, uh, when we had this conversation, it was all in the context of MTR support for the EQ. So um this is material because essentially this is our version of it our support you know and it's official this is cisco support for room os running the room EQ, which is our awesome new endpoint right that thing is badass <laughs> it just gets the job done uh i guess if we were going back and going to date ourselves this really whips the llama's ass like when used to say <laughs> back in the day <laughs> so uh yeah yeah. Um, the next thing up is the default layouts in meetings. So this is something that I get pinged on a ton. Zach, yeah. I don't know if you get it too.
0: And I'm happy to. And I,
1: I, I'll be honest with you. This, this
0: update is one of my favorites because I always have struggle with this on a daily basis on my own personal systems because my default layouts not sticking.
1: Yep. So what this essentially does is you can make your devices follow the layout settings a little closer from Control Hub, which is our administration portal. So you register the devices, get them all set up. And before, it was kind of a crapshoot whether or not this thing was going to work. You know, you would set your settings, and it would never remember, or sometimes (laughs) it would change. And the truth is, you know, uh, we needed to get that fixed so definitely helps out. Uh, if you need, like, grid, which is typically the default, or if you wanted stack or something like that, now you can at least change it. Or custom. You can
0: even custom if you wanted to. Yep.
1: So uh, next up, uh, we've got increased bandwidth for the board, desk, and room series devices. So... Um, that's a big one, um, because essentially, you know, the old uh, number, I believe, was six megabits of bandwidth mm-hmm. was the max that you could set for those parameters. Um, they they say that, you know, this is essentially going to improve video quality in degraded networks and in other ca- cases, um, the... The maximum that I've seen on some of the documentation now is up to 20 megabits of bandwidth Whoa. that you can have that it can chew through.
0: So what, is, so what does that mean from uh, Joe Schmoe, who is sitting there at Bob's Bait and Tackle with his board <laughs> pro sitting there? What does that mean that he can do now? Does that, does that mean that he's going to get uh, non-pixelated screens or what, what does that mean?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I think that that's the intent here is that, you know, the video quality won't take as many hits, uh, essentially, if we have a lot more samples that we can actually work with to be able to conceal that or make it better. You know, Bob's bait and tackle. Yeah. Uh, First off, you know, I got to go buy some grubs from him. But, uh, (laughs) you know, after I've got that, you know, essentially uh, when we're on a call together and I'm sending and Bob takes a hit on the network, you know, somebody starts downloading a torrent or something in the back room Mm -hmm. over there. Uh, Bob might notice right away with low bandwidth constraints that hey uh, the network just took a bad hit and the video quality went down and everybody's like, Bob, where are you? you know well now we might be able to conceal that a little bit better since we have a lot more bandwidth uh, and we can actually work around it.
0: I want to point out that uh, downloading torrents at Bob's bait and tackle that is
1: a very sophisticated bait and tackle shop. It's a bait tackle and notary shop in fact <laughs> you know so I mean you know <laughs> That's my joke always. So
0: what else you got for right. us?
1: Got two more for you. Um, so when we move to room OS 11, um, mm-hmm. some of the UI extensions and when I talk about UI extensions, those are like um, if you tap the panel and you make little buttons on, on it so that I can maybe raise the shades, lower the shades in the room, drop the lights, bring the lights up. Uh, all of that—it's been restyled now to max to match the consistency of the room OS Eleven experience. Mm. So some of that looked a little off at first, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. So now it's all just made pretty, essentially. Aesthetic update. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that one's fairly. You know, I mean, it, it's a big deal. I mean, it's got to it look is, right. It is absolutely, but, absolutely, know.
0: it is a big deal. And I've and I've heard time and time again about things like this. Hey, why can't this look like the other buttons? Well, no, now it does.
1: Yep. And then, uh, last and certainly not least, is uh, the Room USB now supports RoomOS Eleven. So, mm-hmm. r- Room USB very popular in some of our federal government uh, work there because it's essentially you know a very nice uh, bar camera speakers mics, and it doesn't necessarily do quite as much. Uh, different implications, you know, different uses, different story to tell there. But um, I think you know now it's at least consistent. Um, those often aren't even registered to our cloud. So, no, they're you know, almost like a plug-and-play,
0: you know, kind of thing with those with those room USBs. And uh, the, you're right, the federal government does utilize a lot of those room USB uh, systems. Uh, I, I am always getting asked, in fact, I got asked three times this week, when is the EOS end-of-sale, end-of-life, EOL for the room USB? There's no definitive date yet. I've asked the be you, so... I guess uh, keep using the room USB. And before the question gets raised, will the room bar have a USB? That version I, version it kind of already does with the USB C. But I, to your point, I that I don't know yet. Uh, I've asked and asked and asked, and uh, I haven't gotten a whole lot of information regarding a room bar USB mode. Uh, so hopefully, hopefully we have something like that for you.
1: Yeah, it seems like the logical play. Yeah. Um, so let's round this out, I guess, and uh, and as Corey would say, land the plane. Let's land so, the plane. Um, <laughs> this all, all of this information that we're going over right here is available on Cisco's websites from help.webex.com. I personally find it almost daily by going to the Google and typing in what's new Room OS Cisco. It seems kind of strange, but uh, that's what it takes to find it. We're not very good at search engine optimization here at Cisco. So uh, if you type Room OS, you get all kinds of strange things, or you might get the roomos.cisco.com page, which won't have this. So we're with you customers. We understand. You know, it's, it's hard to find our stuff sometimes, but that's how I find it.
0: Uh, I want to I switch over and talk about something else real quick. You are having some serious problems with your coffee machine right now, right?
1: Oh, my God. Don't get me started, man. <laughs> we were going so well. This podcast was uh, was winding down and things were fine until you started talking about that. You sent me a picture
0: that looks like somebody stuck a grenade in your coffee maker. And uh, so what in the world is going on with your coffee machine, Chase?
1: Well, this wouldn't be collabing caffeine without a heavy <laughs> dose of caffeine. So, all right. Um... I was on a call. We, you and I and the team were on a call the other day. Mm-hmm. We had our vice president of our entire group, Brad Bonin, who we we're going to try to get on this uh, very show at some point in the future. And it's not often that you have to run out of the room shrieking uh, whenever your vice president's on and you're expected to be on video. But uh, say, Levy, I suppose. Uh, <laughs> my children were screaming in the other room. They're home alone to, uh, that day. Uh, it's just dad with the kids for this week Uh, and essentially they said dad your coffee machine sounds like a choo-choo train in there so uh, the emergency valves were having to to fire off all the pressure out of the boiler Um, long story short it looks like the pressure stat valve has failed on it but some of the emergency safeties on the machine had to kick in and uh, rather than the boiler becoming an actual grenade. Uh, we had we had some safeties to help fix that, so at least uh, at least nobody was harmed in the making of the coffee. Um, just uh, a lot of lot of noise and a lot of scared children. So got that fixed up, hurried up, shut it off before anything happened, and got back in the call with Brad the other day. But yeah, it was it was a
0: tenuous moment. For those of you who are wondering, yes, Chase has a V eight running his coffee
1: maker. <laughs> yeah, something like that. No, it's a Rocket Apartment. Um, <laughs> good machine. Um, go look it up. Uh, it, it, it took me years before I actually finally decided I was going to buy a real espresso machine. And it's been a really good investment overall, I would say. Um, but you will bankrupt yourself because then <laughs> you'll start looking at other machines and you'll get machine envy. So, you know, the, uh, the La codes look really great, but uh, they're several thousand dollars more than this one. So. Yikes. Well, on that note, we'll go ahead and
0: wrap this out. Uh, thank you all for listening. I uh, also want to say, hey, we have our first episode up and running on Apple, right, and, and Spotify. Spotify. So yes. go give us a check. Just uh, go in there and search us, Collab and Caffeine. And as always...
1: Email us your questions, too. Yeah, email. email, CollabinCaffeine at Cisco.com. Send it here. Yep. And as always, thank
0: you for listening, and you guys have a wonderful rest of your day. Peace.